Section 89 of The Cloister and the Hearth. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Cloister and the Hearth by Charles Reed. Chapter 84 The Hearth. The next day, Sunday, after Mass, was a bustling day at Catherine's house in the Hog Street. The shop was now quite ready, and Cornelis and Sybrand were to open it next day. Their names were above the door, also their sign, a white lamb sucking a gilt sheep. Eli had come and brought them some more goods from his store to give them a good start. The hearts of the parents glowed at what they were doing, and the pair themselves walked in the garden together and agreed they were sick of their old life, and it was more pleasant to make money than waste it. They vowed to stick to business like wax. Their mother's quick and ever-watchful ear overheard their resolution through an open window, and she told Eli, the family supper was to include margaret and her boy and be a kind of inaugural feast in which good trade advice was to flow from the elders and good wine to be drunk to the success of the converts to commerce from agriculture in its unremunerative form wild oats so margaret had come over to help her mother-in-law and also to shake off her own deep languor and both their faces were as red as the fire. Presently in came Joan, with a salad from Jorian's garden. He cut it for you, Margaret. You are all his chat. I shall be jealous. I told him you were to feast today. But, oh, lass, what a sermon in the new kirk. Preaching? I never heard it till this day. Would I have been there, said Margaret, for I am dried up for want of dew from heaven. Why, he preacheth again this afternoon, but mayhap you are wanted here. Not she, said Catherine. Come away, ye go, if you're minded. Indeed, said Margaret. Methinks I shall not be such a damper at table if I could come to it warm from a good sermon. Then you must be brisk, observed Joan. See, the folk are wending their way, and as I live, there goes the holy friar. Oh, bless us, and save us, Margaret, the hermit. We forgot. And this active woman bounded out of the house and ran across the road and stopped the friar. She returned as quickly. There I was, bent on seeing him nigh hand. What said he to thee? Says he, My daughter i will go to him ere sunset god willing the sweetest boys but oh my mistresses what thin cheeks for a young man and great eyes not far from your colour margaret i have a great mind to go hear him said margaret but my cap is not very clean and they will all be there in their snow-white mutches there take my handkerchief out of the basket said catherine you cannot have the child I want him for my poor Kate. It is one of her ill days. Margaret replied by taking the boy upstairs. She found Kate in bed. How art thou, sweetheart? 
nay i need not ask thou art in sore pain thou smilest so see i have brought thee one thou lovest two by my way of counting said kate with an angelic smile she had a spasm at that moment which would have made some of us roar like bulls what in your lap answering a gesture of the suffering girl nay he is too heavy and thou art in such pain i love him too dear to feel his weight was the reply margaret took this opportunity and made her toilet i am for the kirk said she to hear a beautiful preacher kate sighed and a minute ago kate i was all agog to go that is the way with me this month past up and down up and down like the waves of the zyder zee i'd have leave stay aside thee say the word nay said kate prithee go and bring me back every word well a day that i cannot go myself and the tears stood in the patient's eyes this decided margaret and she kissed kate looked under her lashes at the boy and heaved a little sigh i trow i must not said she i never could kiss him a little and my father was dead against me waking a child by day or night when tis thy pleasure to wake speak thy aunt kate the two new words thou hast gotten and she went out looking lovingly over her shoulder and shut the door inaudibly joan you will lend me a hand and peel these said catherine that i will dame and the cooking proceeded with silent vigour now joan them which help me cook and serve the meat they help me eat it that's a rule there's worse laws in holland than that your will is my pleasure mistress for my luke hath got his supper in there he's digging to-day by good luck margaret came down a hey, woman yon is an ugly trade there she has just washed her face and gin her hair a turn and now who is like her rotterdam that for you and catherine snapped her fingers at the capital give us a bus huzzy now mind eli won't wait supper for the duke wherefore loiter not after your kirk is over joan and she both followed her to the door and stood at it watching her a good way down the street for among homely housewives going out of doors is half an incident catherine commented on the launch there joan it is almost to me as if i had just started my own daughter for kirk and stood a-looking after the which i have done it many's and many's the times joan lass she won't hear word against our gerard and he be alive he has used her cruel that is why my bowels yearn for the poor wench i'm older and wiser than she and so i'll wed her to yon simple luke and there an end what's one grandchild end of section eighty nine recording by john brandon